Well, some call it the silly season at the moment. It's just the coaching season. There are coaches getting signed everywhere. Justin Tatum is locked in in Illawarra. Scott Ninnis is locked in in Adelaide. And that leaves uh, an interesting market for the Boomers coach, Brian Gordon, to return to the NBL. We'll chop all that up with Liam Santabaria. We'll talk Boomers. We'll talk Derek Rucker's top 15. It's all coming up on NBL Now. Friday morning, the 23rd of February, Joel Peterson and Liam Santamaria with you. Good morning, Liam. Morning, Joel. Good to be with you. Uh, no NBL game last night, a little bit of green and gold. And I tell you, it just dawned on me that Wednesday's not far away. So the play-in games are just around the corner. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it is approaching fast and it's been a, a busy 24 hours in terms of news. It was great to see, uh, great to see basketball up in uh, my part of the world in Bendigo last night at the, the brilliant Bendigo Stadium. Had a lot of good memories in that building and uh, great to, uh, to hear the legend Kelsey Griffin on commentary with her own John Casey as well. So a nice little Bendigo flavour to that broadcast, which was lovely. We'll talk boomers a little bit later on, but the big news out of yesterday, well, the first big news story that happened as the second big news story was that Justin Tatum has been locked away at the Illawarra Hawks on a three-year deal, 12-7 and seven since he took over mid-season, led them to fourth spot. They'll be in that seeding qualifier on Wednesday at 5.30 Eastern Daylight against Tassie. And this is a, a great basketball story that's going to continue for a little bit longer. Yeah, very cool to see that announced uh, at the uh, Hawks Awards dinner last night. And, um, you know, it was the right decision. Tatum needed to be their guy. They needed to make sure that they didn't slip up and, and let that slip away. A multi-year deal, which I think also makes sense. It's a two plus one is my understanding with a mutual option on that third year. I feel like that that seems right. Um, and... I tell you, it was a it was a great twenty four hours for interim head coaches, <laughs> off the back of the the Scott Ninnis news. Great to see both those guys get those jobs locked away, and and I think you know for this one a really good move from the Hawks. Um, he's a leader of men. Uh, he rallied that team. He has them now playing at a level where you have to really give them consideration when you're talking about who may or may not win the championship. So what a remarkable turnaround. Um, it's interesting. Is it's it's going to be different, and it's going to be difficult. You know, it always is. For there's it's been a great ride here, and we'll see how this season finishes up. But now there's going to be an era of expectation on Justin Tatum to continue to achieve on the floor at that level, which is not going to be easy to do because this is a really tough league. But uh, cool for the Hawks, cool for us as as a league. I think to have him locked up and in charge of that team for the next couple of years. It's kind of like winning an election when you're a prime, a new prime minister, isn't it? You have the honeymoon period. Everyone's happy to see you in the building. There's no sort of rancor and file among your, among your colleagues. And then you get into that second year of government and all of a sudden things start to happen and uh, that honeymoon period can start to slip away at times. So that's, you know, that's part of the challenge that Justin Tatum will need to manage. One thing that struck me watching him this season, and, and Alan Williams, again, he mentioned it in the broadcast of that Thursday night Hawks game when they played. Perth in the last round of the season is his demeanor and the way that he he's almost like a sixth player out there for the Hawks in the way that he instructs them and his his communication is so constant I mean that seems a real strength that he's not an X's and O's coach um you know obviously he is has a great understanding of the game but that's not really what he's building his style around it's more around the communication as you said the leadership and and being able to really motivate his team which um which seems like exactly what that group needs 
Well, this was a really talented lineup. It's why a lot of us at the start of the season thought that they were going to be a top four team. And uh, now, <laughs> here we are, we were right in the end, thanks to Justin Tatum and the way they've been able to turn that thing around. But what they needed at that point was some belief, was some self feelings of self-worth. Um, and he has brought that to that organization. He, you know, he's puffed his chest out and said, walk tall, stand tall and play big. And they've really responded. And so I think it's a, it's a shot in the arm for the group to have it publicly announced here ahead of their playoff run. And then after that's all said and done, however that works out, I'll take it from there. Do you think there's a benefit in them getting it done now before they have to sort of play a playoff game? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it takes that air of uncertainty away from the group and uh, positive vibes, um, you know, real uh, positive energy about not just the end of this season, but moving forward from here. And it lets them just go out and play with a freedom of mind, I think, um, in search of this you know, championship, the second that they're hoping for in championship in uh, franchise history. No, it looks like they're, they're right in the hunt the way they were playing at the end of the season. There's uh, there's no doubt about that. Of course, yesterday morning, the, the early news to break was uh, that Scott Ninnis has been locked away. So the two interim coaches in the NBL this season both end up on longer-term deals. Scott Ninnis's deal is a two-year deal in Adelaide. Uh, that seemed to happen rather quickly after Brian Gorgian had announced, I guess it was reported through our own Olgan Yulik that he had sort of pulled himself out of the running for that Adelaide job. And then the dominoes fell quite quickly and Grant Kelly wasted no time signing uh, signing Scotty Ninnis up to a two-year deal in Adelaide, which the players we know were on board with. We heard DJ Vasiljevic's comments uh, late in the season. And again, it's a, a great story. His second go-around as coach of the 36ers and another who's earned his chance. Yeah. So congratulations to Scott. Again, great to see that locked away. There's a lot to unpack from how this played out. And I'm just pleased that it played out in a way where it's been reported and accurately reported. It's not cloaks and daggers. It's, yeah, Scott was right there. They've been telling him, you're, uh, you know, right there in the mix. But, geez, we've really got to pay attention to Brian Gorge and if he's available. And Gorge found it interesting and was in negotiations. And I love the fact that we all know as a public now that Thanks to Olgan Ulick and his reporting and how open people have been that were involved in the process, yeah, that he kind of decided late in the piece that he didn't want to do that, quote unquote, to, un- to Scott Ninnis. Um, I don't want to be a dog was the line that, you know, he delivered to Olgan Ulick. So, man, it's, I think it's, it shows the maturity of our league. This is sort of NBA style reporting where we have a real insight into uh, what's happened behind the scenes. Now, um, as a result... Really cool to see the Adelaide 36ers quickly get it done with Scott. The next day, Gorge pulled himself out. All right, let's sit down for a few hours, get the terms sorted so that we can sign it, announce it, and push forward. Because you want to re-sign Isaac Humphreys? You want to re-sign Kyron Galloway? Um, then you need to know who the head coach is going to be so you can finalize those negotiations. So... It's been a big few days in Adelaide and we land at a place where a club legend is, is going to continue to lead that team. Absolutely. I mean, from an organizational perspective, if, if you're the 36ers, you have to kick the tires on the best coaches in the country, right? And they did that. They, they had a conversation with Trevor Gleeson. They had a conversation with Brian Gorgian. 
and they settle with Scott Ninnis, who they have a, a, I guess, a proven track record that he's that he's done a good job. So, from an organisational perspective, despite the missteps of that particular um, organisation in the last couple of years with recruiting, particularly, this seems like one where they've gone through the process and they've landed on a pretty reasonable outcome. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's all right. I think what's interesting, though, is that we now know that Scott was their second option. I think that there are some people, and maybe some people in Adelaide, who think Scott should have been the first option. Sure, kick the tyres, find out if Gorge is available. And despite the fact that he's the winningest coach in NBL history, we still feel Scott should have been the guy, even if Gorge was ready to sign. But what we now know is that that's not the way that the Adelaide hierarchy were thinking. They were hoping to get the deal finalised and announced uh, with Brian Gorgian. That didn't happen. Scott's going to be the guy. But I reckon, you know, it's, it's as you said, it's landed in a good place. I think Vasiljevic is going to be happy with that. Uh, Isaac Humphrey, certainly, if, if that deal gets done, he's going to be happy with that. And, you know, there's a big part of that fan base that's going to feel good about it too. There's an episode in your feed uh, of NBL Now that was Jack Heverin and Scott Ninnis late yesterday. It was a really illuminating chat, and, and Scott talked about his first go around with the 36ers and, and the fact that he's really grateful to get his second chance. He was really strong on Isaac Humphreys too. He said it was atrocious that he didn't make an all-NBL team of some description. I mean, someone's got to miss out. Uh, but also said that, you know, they made him a priority in the back end of the season, and it sounded like they were going to make him a priority in free agency as well. Um, is that sort of the first port of call if you were Scott Ninnis in terms of free agents that you'd be looking to lock that man away? For sure. Get Isaac re-signed. Um, I'm not sure if he entirely deep down believes what he said there about the all-league teams, but you've got to say it. You're trying to re-sign that guy and, and get it done at a reasonable price. Um, also, just quietly, don't sleep on the importance of re-signing Kyron Galloway. Now, sometimes we get all excited about these headline dudes or about guys that you sign in free agency from other clubs and re-signings kind of slip under the radar, but there's no guarantee Galloway's going to be back. So they need to sit down at the table and get that done as well before the other clubs come a-knocking. Yeah, and he again mentioned that, you know, one of the things they're looking for was a bit of stability. They've had a lot of turnover in recent seasons and a bit of stability would go a long way to building that roster. So uh, have a listen to Scott Ninnis chatting to Jack Heverin, uh, the episode of NBL Now that came out late yesterday. It's a great chat and uh, well done to both of them and uh, locking away their respective futures, uh, both interim coaches in the NBL. Of course, uh, on the topic of Brian Gorgian, um, where does it leave him? Because he was the big fish in the market alongside Trevor Gleeson. We know that, that Trevor's gone and, and he's working with the Milwaukee Bucks. And now Brian Gorgian's just hanging out, coaching the Boomers, but has an interest in coming back to the NBL. What does it mean for, for Gorge? Well, it means that he's lurking, is what it means. So, um, you you know, you would have heard what I said on NBL overtime during the week. I'm... Really interested to see what happens over this next period of time, particularly in Sydney. You know, I, I, I obviously, um, Mahmoud Abdel Fattah is under contract there next year. It's been an up and down season for that group. Now let's see what kind of playoff run they can they can go on. And you know, Gorge has also said, look, and it might be this season, it might be next season, it might be in the NBL, it might be elsewhere. So you know, he's lurking. And, um, you know, if it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out with him throughout the Boomers campaign, but then, you know, in the, in the coaching space domestically here as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Of course, he was in charge of the Boomers last night up in Bendigo at uh, Red Energy Arena. They got the job done. It took them a little while to get over the top of Korea, but uh, they end up getting there in the end. Nick Kay was outstanding with a big double-double, 21-12. and 12. Uh, Good performance from my man, Ben Henschel, 14 points, just coming in, a little bit of a spark plug off the bench. Um, not the most convincing Boomers performance of all time, but uh, but they did enough. <laughs> you said it took them a little bit of time to get over Korea? Took them a long time. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right, those guys stepped up. Dion Vasevich had a tough night from the field, but um, had eight assists and then made some big shots late. And I tell you, the guy I feel like changed that game was Josh Bannon. What an impressive performance from him. He had 29 points in Brisbane's final game of the season. And then he comes out last night. Now, seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Australia down six. And Bannon had that rebound put-back dunk, which I think sparked everything. And it was like, it reminded me of that Gary Clark dunk late in New Zealand in Justin Tatum's first win as the interim head coach. It was an emphatic play that kind of boosted everybody. And Australia went from for went 30 to 10 over the next six and a half minutes from there. So huge shout out to Josh Bannon and the impact he had on that game. Yeah, he's had a great season, Josh Bannon, and uh, it's great to see him getting the opportunity at the Boomers level. I think he'll uh, he'll be there for a, for a long while to come. So uh, he's doing some good things, and yeah, big impact on that on that contest. And I tell you what, the little skyhook in the first half oh, that was uh, that was very very tasty. Just a silky touch from the big man out of Brisbane. Uh, that was very nice uh, from from Josh Bannon. So he had himself a night. The Boomers win, and they move on to uh, to Jakarta with another game to come in that Asia Cup qualifier series. Um, Derek Rucker's released his top 15 in the last couple of days. You can find uh, uh, 6 to 15 on the NBL website and, of course, the first episode uh, via the NBL app. I'll run you through the the list here, Liam. So we'll go from 15. We'll go in ascending order up -hmm. the list. So uh, Milton Doyle is at 15. Milton Doyle is at 15. Just repeating that just for effect. Uh, Isaac Humphreys at 14, Will Magna at 13, DJ Vasiljevic at 12, Luke Travers of Melbourne United at 11, Jack McVeigh at 10, Keanu Pinder at 9, Gary Clark, NBL first teamer, Hawks MVP last night, well done to Gary Clark at 8, Parker Jackson Cartwright, NBL first teamer at 7, Joe Luala Chul at 6, the top 5 are yet to be revealed, there's some names that uh, will definitely be in there. What did you make of the first drop of uh, our man Ruck's top 15? So did, where, where was Nathan Sobey, did you say? Um, Nathan Sobey was sitting on a beach at Brisbane Island. Oh, come on, man. Hold on. So Sobey's either in the top five, which would be a surprise, mm. or he's out. Come on, Ruck. Where's your love for, for your local boy, Nathan Sobey? Um, cool list. I love it. Great job by Ruck getting getting this done. Um, but, you know, chatted with him. Um, a tiny little bit throughout the process, and I know, I know from from you know from experience, these, these are not easy kind of things to put together. He puts a lot of time and effort into thinking this type of thing through. Surprised to see Sobi not in that list. Gary Clark is too low. Now I'm going to presume we haven't heard Jalen Adams' name in that list either. I'm going to presume he's top five. Gary Clark should sit above Jalen Adams. He's he's been better than him, and he is better than him right now. And Milton Doyle's too low. Come on, Joel. He's a top 10 guy in this league, 100%. And 
you know, I think maybe there's a little bit of snoozing on Zylan Cheatham as well. Although, he, you know, he's had an injury interrupted season. I think he's a top 15 player in this league as well. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Bryce Cotton will be in the top five. That's uh, my bold prediction for the, for the top 15 is that Bryce well, Cotton is going to be somewhere in that top five. Good um, work by you. Yeah, look, yep. there's some names. Cotton, Golding, Creek. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's some names that you kind of just know are going to be in there. It causes debate, and I feel like debate is something that our man Derek Rucker is up for. So that's so uh, it's gonna, a, so it's going to be an interesting conversation on the sideline there at Nissan Arena at some point. Yeah, it is. It is. Hey, uh, we do finish the show off with weekend headlines every Friday. Now, one of us remembered, one of us forgot. Sure. One of us had a uh, you know walked into the classroom on a Friday morning. Assignment was due and went. Oh boy, I don't know really what I'm going to do here. Outrageous. Have yep. you come up with anything at the last minute? I actually did. I actually did. And it is That's in right. reference to what we just talked about. To what we just talked about. Go for it. I can imagine Courier Mail not happy that Nathan Sobey is not in the top 15, which I'm guessing that he won't be. And I'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong. And it's going to be a picture of Derek Rucker next to a picture of Nathan Sobey. And the headline's going to be causing a ruckus. <laughs> Nice. Wow. Geez, see, you do your best work under pressure. Something like that. Love that. Uh, All right, I'm going to the Adelaide Advertiser. I'm optimistic that off the back of the Scott Ninnis news, they can move swiftly and re-sign Isaac, and and the advertiser will slap a headline across the back page that says, Hump Day. Yes. Yep. I like it. I'll give my man Andrew Capella a ring and we can, uh, we can get that sorted, I reckon, in the Tizer. Um, that's going to be... Yeah, where, where Adelaide go now is, is going to be really interesting. So those two key coaching pieces locked away and now I can all sort of fill in around them. And, uh, of course, we'll be back uh, early next week because the playoffs are next Wednesday, which is such an exciting prospect. Liam, always good talking hoops with you. Have a great weekend, my man. Cheers, man. You too. All, all the news that you need on the NBL app and the NBL website. Plenty more to come. And, of course, playoff action starts Wednesday.